Hello, friend. I am Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Opening day almost here. It is upon. Oh no! Wait a minute. Oh no! Sorry. Opening day is here. I'm excited. I know you are too. And today's episode going to get you set for the pitching matchup. Also, most of today's episode is a crossover with Locked On Cardinals, as we're going to deep dive and learn a lot about the Blue Jays' opening series opponent. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Craig Ballard. I am Locked On Blue Jays. I am excited. First of all, I want to thank you. However you're taking this in, this this Locked On Blue Jay podcast, a lot of you are watching it on YouTube. Thank you for that. If you would be so kind, hit that like, comment, and subscribe. And if Locked On Blue Jays is becoming part of your daily podcast routine, can't thank you enough for that as well. I'm excited. I know you are too. Opening day is here. Quite a buzz. I would say like a 92-93 Jays worthy buzz. Right? It's been a long time since legitimate World Series aspirations were part of the part of the, the season opener for the Toronto Blue Jays, but that is absolutely where we are now, and it's legit. Today's matchup was going to be Adam Wainwright against Alec Manoa, but the veteran Wainwright dealing with an injury. So Wainwright out, Miles Michaelis in. Now, this is not going to be a stage that is too big for Miles Michaelis. He's been an opening day starter for the Cardinals in the past. He, he's last season, I mean, it seemed like every time he went out there last season, he was pitching against the other team's ace. He faced Corbin Burns for crying out loud three times alone last season. Like he is having it be a good opponent, not going to phase him. Having the, the mound opponent be good, not going to phase him. Having it be opening day, none of these things are going to phase Miles Michaelis. In fact, he comes into this game hot as well. He was very good in spring training when all of his spring starts did not allow an earned run. Oh boy. Michaelis pitched against the Jays in this stadium last season, uh, late May. And, and by the way, I mean, side note, this stadium, Bush Stadium, where the Cardinals play. Wow. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous ballpark. Great fan base. Gorgeous ballpark. In that game, Michaelis went six and two thirds, uh, three runs, uh, three runs, four hits, two walks, five strikeouts. There was a Springer dinger in there. But Springer did have two of those five strikeouts, but let's that's the glass half empty, right? Glass half full. There was a Springer dinger in there. Now, that was the game you may remember. And, and if you've forgotten, congratulations to you, because that was the one where Paul, Paul Goldschmidt uh, hit the walk-off grand slam in the bottom of the 10th against Ryan Berrucki. My goodness, if you forgot that game, well done. If, if, if I brought up that bad, bad, bad memory there, I apologize. But hey, nothing can get us down today, right? It's opening day. Now, what makes Michaelis so difficult for the Blue Jays is he throws the kitchen sink. He's got a huge repertoire. So, of course, that includes a lot of breaking balls and a lot of off-speed pitches. Traditionally, these are issues. Those pitches are issues for the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays can deal with a fastball. The off-speed and the breaking balls, at, at, at least in recent memory, have been a different story. We mentioned how good he was in spring training. He's also in his career been fantastic at home. And what's the exciting thing about the Blue Jay lineup this season? We're, we're going to see what happens with the power, but the versatility, because all these left-handed batters have walked in now. So the versatility, the flexibility, the, the depth that is created now. Well, here's the thing. Miles Michaelis is excellent against lefties as well. So Toronto Blue Jays absolutely have their work cut out for them right out the gate. This is this is going to be a tough matchup. Now, one, one piece of good news, it was some glass half full here that's worth mentioning, is last season the Toronto Blue Jays were every bit as good as it gets against right-handed pitching. So hopefully that's going to show up very early and often in 2023 as well. Happy Alec Manoa Day to those of you who celebrate. Man, Mountain Manoa on the mound for the Blue Jays. Now as good as Miles Michaelis has been at home, that's every bit as good as Alec Manoa has been on the road. Manoa last season, 9-3 and three with a 2.07 ERA on the road. I mean, my goodness, that's going to work. 
never faced St. Louis before, so he's never pitched against this lineup or on this mound, so we'll see how he navigates that. This St. Louis lineup, open, honest conversation, folks. I mean, let's just be honest with each other here. This St. Louis lineup has top-tier potential. It, 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 it has big-time potential. Now, the thing is, it's way right-handed heavy. We'll see at least seven. We'll probably see eight right-handed batters in the lineup today, and we know how Alec Manoa does against right-handed batters. Now, these Cardinals can deal with a fastball. So as good as Manoa's two-seamer and four-seamer are, and both the velocity was down, so hopefully hopefully that's not any sort of issue. If velocity was down in spring training for Manoa's fastball, hopefully he's just revving up here, right? Either way, this Cardinals team can hit a fastball, but we've talked in the past about Alec Manoa's slider, and in particular against righties. I've joked that it shouldn't even be a pitch that's allowed in baseball. We're supposed to be engaged in competition in baseball. There is no competition. It's domination when Alec Manoa throws that slider to righties. That has to be a great pitch for him today. In his career, uh, righties hitting 158 against Alec Manoa's slider. Pardon me, 158 against that slider. In his career, righties have a 474 OPS. 474 OPS against Alec Manoa slider. I did not even know OPS could could go that low. Again, the word to use, domination. It's got to be a pitch that's on point today. Now, a lot of potential, as, as I mentioned, in the St. Louis lineup. But I'm going to say that the Craig's key for this game going to be the matchup with Nolan Gorman. Gorman last season was a rookie, played about half of his games on the big league level, hit 14 home runs. So you're playing half the season as a rookie, hit 14 home runs. That, that, that's pretty good. And here's the thing. Every single one of those home runs came against righties. So Paul Goldschmidt is as good a hitter as you're ever going to see against the fastball. The, 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 the Cardinals can deal with the fastball, but we're going to, I'm really going to be, so in other words, we, we got to pay attention. This whole game, this whole lineup is, is, is dangerous, but I'm really going to be paying attention to the Nolan Gorman, Alec Manoa matchup. What about the rest of the things going on with the St. Louis Cardinals? Well, let's get into our crossover episode with JD from Locked On Cardinals. What, in your opinion, was your biggest offseason move, either through trades or free agency, because the, the Blue Jays were involved with both? J.D., how about I throw a little curveball here, uh, a pun fully intended as we're talking baseball. Uh, I'm going to say not even between the lines, J.D. I'm going to say the biggest move that this team organization made in the offseason, the biggest addition that just walked in the door, is Don Mattingly to this coaching staff. Uh, I, I get maybe some Marlin fans are, are somewhat underwhelmed with what they saw. There was definitely some good there. But really, my main thing about Don Mattingly is the accountability that he brings to the table. If there's one thing that that I do believe has been missing from the Toronto Blue Jays, it is that accountability. Numerous times the last couple of seasons, throwing to the wrong base, missing the cutoff man, very, very sloppy base running, zero situational hitting, deplorable situational hitting. And there's been no accountability. There's been no, no uh, consequences for any of this. Now, Don Mattingly in that dugout, if you pitch or you're on the field, you're coming back to the dugout, there's the fence, and then there's the two entrances, one on the left and one on the right. The one on the right is where all the players hang out, and the one on the left is where all the managers hang out. Well, this season, if you've not played baseball the way it's supposed to be played, you better enter the dugout through the one on the right, because Don Mattingly's waiting for you, and he's in your ear in that entrance on the left. It's going to be much, much, much different. The, the, the accountability that he's going to bring to the table, I think, is going to be absolutely massive for this organization. J.D., I don't ever recall having a, a manager, a coach on, this, uh, on, on the Blue Jays that, that brings the sort of things that Don Mattingly brings to the table. Yeah, Daddy Ball game uh, always been a respected name. Uh, obviously, when he played with the Yankees, and of course uh, in, in the dugouts for the multiple teams that he's been a part of. So, yeah, definitely a, a huge acquisition there. As far as the Cardinal side of things, uh, they didn't make a whole lot of moves. 
But the one move they did make was getting Wilson Contreras, the uh, former Cubs catcher. Not only are you taking one of the best players from a rival, but at the same time filling a need after the retirement of uh, Yadier Molina after almost two decades behind the plate for the Cardinals. He's going to be a, a huge asset, and uh, he's going to be another bat in this lineup, which is a, a lineup that is pretty much loaded offensively. Mm. It's uh, something that uh, the Cardinals are going to be uh, pretty proud of, kind of the way the uh, the Blue Jays have a, have a stellar lineup. But let's not talk about the good things just yet. Let's talk about what do you think is the weakest link that the Blue Jays have this year going into 2023? I think it, geez, I really feel like it's such a strong roster that's been built here. The flexibility and the depth is just unprecedented for the Blue Jays. If there is anything, worry is strong, but if I'm approaching worry on anything, it's it's the back end of the of the pitching rotation. Now, don't get me wrong here, JD. I believe we brought in Chris Bassett. I believe in Chris Bassett, uh, Jose Barrios. Uh, last season, he didn't have good numbers, but the Blue Jays were 23-9 and nine when he pitched, J.D. I mean, isn't winning the name of the game? And mm -hmm. Kikuchi has looked just sensational in spring. So there is cause for optimism, but just from a – if we're having an open, honest conversation, is it possible that Bassett, a fly ball pitcher, coming to the American League East now with the and, and the Rogers Center where the Blue Jays play, they've moved their fences way in. Is it possible that could be a problem? Is it possible Jose Barrios – could still have his own individual problems like last year? And is it possible that Yusei Kikuchi is not going to be what we saw in spring training? He's going to be what we've seen from Yusei Kikuchi for the last five years. So if, what if all three of those things happen? If all three of those pitchers, you know, sort of degrade before our eyes this season, then you're looking at an extremely top-heavy rotation of, of Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman, and then a bunch of fingers crossed the rest of the way. I actually, I'm not predicting that's what's going to happen, J.D., but when I look at this roster, if there is something that could go wonky, I would say it's the three, four, five in the rotation. How about on the how about on the on the St. Louis side? I uh, it's starting rotation as well. Uh, that's kind go. of the issue here is where the the Cardinals are in a situation where they have a good rotation, but it's a lot of number threes and fours as opposed to having a couple of number ones and twos. And part of that you can look at and go, well, that's pretty good. You don't really have anybody that stinks, but at the same time, you don't have any dominant pitchers mm. that uh, are, are part of this rotation. I, I would say your staff ace right now is Miles Michaelis, who on the top teams in baseball might be a number two, <laughs> more than likely a number three on yeah. most of those teams. So I think that's kind of the issue that the uh, starting rotation is something that uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on uh, coming into 2023. Uh, now that we've told you guys what our weakest things are about the teams. We're going to switch it up, tell you about what our team's strongest points are next on this Locked on Cardinals and Locked on Blue Jays opening day crossover. For the Blue Jays, I'm, I'm going to say it's the, the flexibility that's been brought in, J.D., to this lineup. Uh, this is a, a fan base that's been clamoring for somebody to hit from the left-hand side while in walks uh, Brandon Belt, in walks Dalton Varshow. Dare I say, J.D., in walks Kevin Kiermeyer, And I say dare I say because he's never been a very good hitter, but even Kevin Kiermeyer, no shift. He's hit very well in his career at Rogers Center, and he's hit extremely well in spring training. So dare I say even some cause for optimism from that bat. But the, the, the flexibility and depth uh, in this lineup right now, I'll tell you right now, J.D., the Blue Jays will be amongst the league leaders in most 
uh, uh, most uh, batting lineups used. And the other teams at the top of that list will be out of necessity. It's because something's gone wonky, injuries, things like that. For the Blue Jays, it's going to be because the depth is real. You've got to, you, you talk about the uh, almost making a trade for, for, for Moreno, that catcher, and, and that was made possible because of the depth at catcher. So you're looking at Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen. At any given day, you'll want both of those guys in the lineup. Brandon Belt and, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. At any given day, you want both of those guys in the lineup. So, so in other words, a few of these guys coming off the bench, the, the versatility, it, it's extremely exciting. The base running ability of this roster, J.D., I'm absolutely predicting. I'm absolutely saying it's 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 the best in Toronto Blue Jay history. The, the, and not just because of these new wonky rules. I don't know how you feel about these. No, geez, Rob, Man, Rob Manfred's the reason for this, J.D. I, I can't stand the changes this guy's making. But anyway, but yeah, the, 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 the flexibility that the lineup offers and the base running that this lineup offers this season on completely new levels for the Toronto Blue Jays. What, uh, what, what don't you like about the new rules? Uh, which, oh. which ones bother you the most? I don't like any of them, J.D. There, there, there's not, <laughs> there, there was not one example in either one of our lives, J.D., last season, for example, where, where you asked your buddy, hey, did you watch the game last night? And your friend said, oh, I can't. The bases are too small. I can't. Well, baseball is unwatched. Bases are too small, Craig. It's just unwatched. Craig, I'm watching the game. In the fifth inning, the pitcher tries to pick off the runner three different times. I had to change the ch- I didn't hear any of those complaints, J.D. What I heard every single day was that game was unwatchable because the home plate umpire was brutal. So why, of all the changes that have happened, why is the robo-ump not the one that's happened? I I, I could really go on on this, J.D. I, I'm livid with Rob Manfred. Robo-umps <laughs> yesterday, all these other changes, the pitch clock, things like that. Oh, look, it's it, it's not going to allow for the hair regrowth, J.D. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> Well, I, I can tell you this much from, from uh, the the feedback I've gotten. It's these changes are more not for guys like you That's and right. I. It's uh, more done for the casual fan who is just trying to enjoy a game of baseball and thought it was too slow, took too long. There's too many strikeouts, which there's still going to be strikeouts. That's not going to change that at all. But uh, at the same time, things go at a quicker pace. Uh, I mean, multiple times this spring, Cardinals games were less than two hours and 15 minutes, which yeah. is normally, especially in spring training, when you're making all the changes yeah. and you don't have all of your star players playing, you usually have a lot of, you know, it, it slows down. There's not, you know, bad defense, bad pitching, and these games were still flying by. So I see why they're doing it, and I, I understand it. But at the same time, I can, I can, I can feel your pain as somebody who's been a lifetime fan is like why are you changing something i love i don't need that but uh i still understand why that's actually going on i'm going to tell you more about why the uh the cardinals are, are going to have some uh some good things going on offensively this year we're going to talk about that next on this crossover episode of locked on cardinals and locked on blue jays but first i want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel. Now, the final four is this weekend. Craig, how, how did your brackets go? Did you, did you do okay? Did, are the you? Are you a Miami fan? I like that. Yes. Uh, it's the only, admittedly, the only region uh, that's looking good, that, that, that did well for me, my, <laughs> that, that part of the bracket. Sure, I, I got busted quite a bit. But, yeah, no, I'm just on cloud nine. And I thought it was over. That Elite Eight game, it's like 11 minutes left. Uh, Miami down 13. I'm just hanging. And, and I've been down 13, like, the, seemingly the whole game. I'm just hanging my head, trying to talk myself into, well, Elite Eight, it was still fun. but And then the comeback happened, J.D., and then the comeback happened. Yeah, yeah, no, my wife has uh, jumped on board because she she loves 
their head coach and because he's old and he can dance. That was the the only thing that she fell in love with. And I'm like, but they're a good basketball team. But my, my sister actually went to the U. So I've been a Miami awesome. fan for a long time. And uh, so it's been fun to watch their run so far uh, in the tournament. But like most of America, my, my, my bracket got busted a long time ago, which means now's a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That way, if your bracket is busted and you're out of the running for whatever it was you're involved in, office, pool let's say then now you can still make some money on the tournament because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe secure it's super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay and if the tournament doesn't interest you maybe throw some money on say Toronto Raptors, Craig, who uh, last time I checked, number nine seed in the East, and that means you guys would be ready for that play-in tournament, which is, you know, for baseball fans, kind of like the wild card round. Yeah. So if, if that interests you, you can do that too. Don't miss it on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner, of the NBA. All due respect to all of our uh, sponsors, JD, but it's just so fun with FanDuel. The first no sweat first bet of that. That one's fun to say. I, I don't know. I like that one. <laughs> hey, if it's making you money, it's perfect, right? Yeah, that, okay. And that's yeah. exactly the whole idea of it. Uh, reminder, fans, get ready for baseball season with Locked on MLB's Ultimate Six-Episode Season Preview. Our local and national experts give in-depth analysis of every team and division in a way only Locked on can provide. Find all six episodes on Locked on MLB on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, this is our opening day crossover show with Locked on Blue Jays host Craig Ballard, who's joining me from the wonderful country of Canada, correct? You are up north, right? Very true. Very true. You wouldn't know it from today because the sun is shining and there's barely snow on the ground right now, but I can confirm that officially, yes, indeed. Now, I'm curious, what's the buzz around the uh, Blue Jays team up north? Uh, and does it does it take a back seat to what the Maple Leafs are doing? Because as most know, hockey is king in Canada. Uh, the Maple Leafs have one of the top teams in the league. They got one of the best players in Austin Matthews. Does opening day, because in St. Louis, whether the Blues are good or not, opening day is a holiday for Cardinals fans. What's the vibe in Toronto and in Canada when it comes to opening day? Because the hockey season's still going. As high as, uh, as I can remember being, J.D., people are so excited about the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. It's not just the roster. You know, you look at the personalities on this team. You know, Bo Bichette is a homegrown Blue Jay. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a homegrown Blue Jay. Alec Manoa is a homegrown Blue Jay. So it's guys that we've been rooting for for a long time that are, that are that are really coming to fruition right now and, and really showing qualities of being special and, and having a special run with this team. The it, It's definitely taking over. The, the, the Leafs fandom is sort of on standby right now because for the trillionth year in a row, they've made the playoffs. But if they, again, for the trillionth year in a row, don't make it out of the first round, it's all going to be an all over again. Like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So right. that's such a looming feeling right now, JD, right? The, the, the Leaf fans need, I, I think the Leafs would trade in the second round, getting swept four games to none and losing every game. So I think the Leafs fans would sign up for that right now. Cause that means they won the first round. Like that's all, as far as <laughs> Leaf hockey, that's all anyone's concerned about is, is that first round. So everybody's watching every game. Okay. How are the standings working out? Who could the matchup be? So, but, 
But Leafs fans, even though it's exciting, it's like you say, it's a good team. It, it's it's trepidation. With Blue Jay fans, it's extreme excitement. Yeah, we've got a lot of excitement in St. Louis for this Cardinals team this year. One of the reasons why is the depth offensively that this team provides, which I think is the strongest link for the Cardinals this year. Uh, Spring training, I I can't remember a spring training where the competition was as fierce as it was and where coming down to the final days of spring training, there were still, the way uh, manager Ali Marmel put it, that there were still at least eight guys who were in the running for the final two spots on this roster which is great. You know, it means that uh, in the organization, you've got depth, you've got, uh, you know, good prospects who unfortunately have to be sent back down to AAA because there's not room on the major league roster for them. And that's something that I think the, uh, the Cardinals are going to ride going in to 2023 and throughout 2023, because as we all know, the baseball season's long, 162 games. It's grueling. Injuries are going to happen. Uh, the days of old where guys were playing 155 games, no matter what, those days are gone. And, and you don't have to have that. You know, you don't need these guys to be out there. People are talking about Wilson Contreras, a catcher, and how, uh, you know, well, Yachty used to play 150 games and always was ca- – well, so what? <laughs> Yachty was a freak. Yeah. That's not normal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Wilson Contreras this year – we're hoping to get 130 games out of him, uh, not only behind the plate, but also as the DH. So um, one of the things that I'm worried about with this team is, uh, you know, we take this back to the the catching position is uh, who the backup's going to be because Wilson Contreras has shown that he will get injured from time to time and might miss two, four, maybe even six weeks throughout the season. And if the Cardinals are relying on somebody like Andrew Kisner as the backup catcher to take over the main catcher role when he's gone – that could be a problem, and uh, that, that that could be an issue for this team. So I'm a little bit worried about that. But everywhere else, uh, their their offensive depth pretty darn good. They've got outfielders coming out the coming out of the, the yin yang, man. It's they're all over the place. They've got like three of them that could be starting on the team at the major league level down at AAA Memphis. So um, it, it's going to be a, a strong team depth wise, and uh, I feel like that's something that they're going to have to rely on going through this year. Uh, how about breakout players? All right. Now, who on the Blue Jays do Cardinals fans need to keep an eye on as your your breakout picks? And I, I want to do two of them for you, too, because I want somebody, you know, hitting-wise. I also want pitching-wise, somebody that uh, you think everybody should keep an eye on. Hitting-wise, and a breakout might not be the accurate word or, or maybe reborn, but uh, I've got Whit Merrifield as the X factor for this team yeah. this season. I am – it, it's an absolute laundry list in the Shapiro and Atkins era. There's upwards of 20 guys, and, and, and for, for for sake of time, I won't go through them, but I'm telling you, it's upwards of 20 guys that Shapiro and Atkins have brought in during their tenure to, to try to be their their poor man's version of, of Whit Merrifield, that, that Swiss Army knife. You can stick him anywhere in the lineup. You're going to get veteran production. You can stick him anywhere in the field. You're going to get good veteran play in the field as well. Now they get the actual, at the trade deadline, the actual Whit Merrifield walking in the door. And on the surface last season, there, there's there's not a lot to like from his numbers as a whole. When he came over to the Toronto Blue Jays, what we saw from Santiago Espinal was an all-star at second base last season. But we did see his body break down as, as the season went on. We did see him get exposed as an everyday player. So the last couple of weeks of the season, Whit Merrifield actually became the everyday second baseman. And it was I pop emoji hit well over 400 was so engaged uh, with the team with the fan base it was just really 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 impressive we talked earlier about the strength of this team and and i mentioned that the base running that's walked in the door is through the roof 
Now you're talking about Whit Merrifield on many nights. Whit Merrifield and Kevin Kiermaier hitting in that eight and nine spot. Some days as well, Dalton, Dalton Varshow will be in that seventh spot. Mm-hmm. That bottom of the order, the base running, the, the, the ability to manufacture runs has just not been part of this Blue Jays ever that, that I can ever remember like it's going to be this year. And I think Whit Merrifield is just chief amongst those. I, I, I just before the trade that, and I wish I could remember the podcast it was on so I could give them credit. But Whit Merrifield was on a podcast just before the trade deadline, and they were talking about his power numbers because his career high is 19 home runs. And he was saying literally, "Oh man, I play at Kaufman. There's no home runs there. My 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 road ballparks are the American League Central. There's no there's no home run ballparks there." Now he walks into the American League East. Yankees on the road, Red Sox on the road, right in. Tr- and, and he even says, JD, he even says, you put me in a full season in some place like Rogers Center, I'll hit 20 plus. Well, hello, that's that's what's happened now. Mm-hmm. So I think Whit Merrifield uh, is really, really, really going to be instrumental. Hard to say breakout, right, JD? Because th- this is a veteran, but, but uh, uh, in this market, in this fan base, yeah, Whit Merrifield. And I know you were giving uh, some grief to the bigger bases, but Whit Merrifield, uh, known to steal True. a base or two over the years, and if this makes it a little easier for him, uh, all the better for you guys, True. you know? Yeah. Uh, more stolen bases, more chaos on the base paths. Yeah. That's good news for any offense. Uh, for for the Cardinals side of things, um, I'm going to say, I know Jordan Walker is the guy that's getting all the all the sure. publicity right now as our top prospect, but a guy I've been a big fan of, and uh, I, I feel like, He's set up to do what he does best, and that's Nolan Gorman, who was a prospect behind Jordan Walker last year. Uh, got called up, showed off the power, and then he fizzled later in the season. And, uh, you know, he was a rookie, and he was 22 years old. So that happens from time to time. Uh, expecting him to come up and just be an all-star right away is, is a little ridiculous. But he's made some adjustments to his approach, and uh, he's in line to – not only get playing time at second base, but also be uh, the DH, the left-handed hitting DH, as well as some third base when uh, Nolan Arenado needs a day off from the field. So uh, he's going to strike out a lot. That's something that the fans are going to have to accept. But also, if healthy, I'm predicting, even though we don't have a ballpark like Rogers Center, we have Bush Stadium, which is uh, huge, and you don't hit a lot of home runs there. But I still think Gorman's got enough pop, and uh, he's been able to show it off. I think he hits 25 home runs this season if he stays healthy. What about pitching-wise? You got somebody that stands out uh, on the mound for you guys. Well, and I just want to mention real quick, I don't know how, but I knew you were going to say Nolan Gorman. He's one guy in this series I'm concerned with. You talk about his power. I thought his power against righties really was on display. All three matchups, all three starters the Jays will throw at you this weekend are righties. He's somebody I'm very concerned. I knew you were going to say him, J.D. I guess he's (laughs) I'm super concerned about this weekend. Pitching-wise, you know what? It's not even somebody that's on the roster right now. And, and, I fully admit this is not a conversation for the faint of heart of Blue Jay fans because it's like the fourth or fifth year in a row we're saying, hey, could Nate, could this be the year for Nate Pearson? I'm not off the Nate Pearson train. I still very, very, very much believe and am a believer in what he can bring to the table. They're stretching him out as a reliever right now. They're, they're, they're trying to get him to go to be set with going two innings. So, Nate, you're going to face anywhere from six to eight batters. It won't be less than six. Nate, it won't be more than it won't be more than eight. So they're trying to get him mentally prepared for that. He's, he seems to be coming along with that. And this is a guy who's going to start the season in AAA. We talked about the depth in the, in the lineup. There's also depth in this bullpen. So he will start the season in AAA. But I, I 1,000%, J.D., think that at some point during this season, we're going to see him brought up. And he will pitch and, and, and be important in September for this Toronto Blue Jay team. I've that, that that's an absolute prediction I have for him. 
I like that because here's uh, something that for the Cardinals as well, uh, a guy, because Pearson, for those who aren't familiar, uh, one of the, the the top pitching prospects for the Blue Jays for a couple of years now, uh, a former first rounder for the Cardinals, Zach Thompson, is a, a left-handed relief pitcher now, uh, came up as a starter, but has found his niche in this bullpen. And I, I've just been in love with what he did not only last season on this team, but also in spring training, he didn't give up a run during That'll spring work. training. Work. <laughs> and he appears to be now their top left-handed option coming out of that bullpen. So uh, he's somebody that, uh, you know, as much as we've talked about starting pitching and, you know, I could name somebody like Steven Matz or uh, Jordan Montgomery, how they they need to be huge, which is obvious. But Zach Thompson is somebody that ha has been absolutely dominant since coming up to the major leagues out of the bullpen. And uh, there's really no reason to think he won't continue down that path. Again, young man. Uh, he was just drafted a couple of years ago. So uh, he's a former first round pick. And he's somebody that's going to be very important to this bullpen uh, in 2023. All right, we're going to wrap things up here. Finish this statement for me, Craig. The Toronto Blue Jays will win the World Series if this happens. Wow, uh, you, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm stick with that with that uh, with that pitching staff then with that with that one through five. Uh, you say Kikuchi doesn't have to be the Cy Young master that we've seen in spring. Like he was just incredible in spring training, but he cannot be the disaster that he was in 2022 either. So I'm going to say that the, the the pitching staff, the, the the starters, really really came through for this team. I am kind of on board with the same idea as far as the Cardinals go. Uh, their starting pitching has to hold up. I still think they're are one top end starter away from doing that, but, but it's a long season. And if they're in contention at the trade deadline, I'm sure they will be looking to deal for, you know, one of the top arms that's going to be out there for that stretch run and the playoffs, uh, probably Shohei Otani. That's my guess, Craig. That's who's coming to St. Louis. Show. Oh. Well, no, no, I'm not <laughs> predicting that, but that would be nice in a dream world scenario. Jeez. I very much hope you enjoyed the game today. I hope it's a result we're all happy with. Obviously, of course, yes. And I do hope that you'll find time to join me tomorrow because Mitch Bannon from Sports Illustrated is going to join us. We're going to get you set for the weekend games of St. Louis and Toronto.